Hello, and welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast, hosted by 4constructionpros.com. I'm Jonathan, and today's episode features my interview with Maria Ryuman of Kojo, a materials management solution. It's formerly known as Agora Systems. As the CEO and founder of the company, Maria and her team connects with hundreds, if not thousands of manufacturers and distributors directly. I took the opportunity to pick her brain about construction material price increases, supply chain shortages, and what contractors do to, well, if you allow me to say a cliche here, build smarter, not harder. But before we start digging into the issue at hand, I wanted to know what brought Maria to the construction industry. So I'd like to know a little bit about, about your backstory. What brought you to Kojo? What was formerly known as uh, Agora? Uh, what brought you to the construction materials management space? Yeah, we started the company back in 2018. And when we started the company, we were really focused on this giant problem that we wanted to solve, which is how could we build things faster, cheaper, more efficiently, and with less waste? And initially, we weren't even thinking specifically about the supply chain. We just wanted to understand what were the things that today were holding contractors back? What were the reasons that projects were delayed? What were the reasons that reasons that projects cost more than they'd initially been expected to? And for the first six months of starting the company, we just spoke to as many people as we possibly could. You know, we, we would literally show up to job sites, sometimes with donuts, sometimes with pizza. And we really just wanted to understand from people what were the most frustrating aspects of their day and what could we as technologists and, you know, people that have backgrounds in building technology companies, what could we build that would make it easier for people who are building extremely important projects for local communities, right, who are building everything from hospitals to multifamily housing to school classrooms and university campuses, what could we build that would make it easier for them to do their jobs, that would make it easier for them to take on more work, and that ultimately would make it easier for all of us to have the built environment be built and in a way that is faster, cheaper, and less wasteful. Yeah, 2018 seems so long ago. Like it's it only does, four it years, does. but the world has changed so much since then. I mean, there's the pandemic, uh, the supply chain issues has, I don't know, probably worse since then. Um, we've also seen the uh, the price of materials like ready mix concrete, lumber, metals, diesel fuel. They're all at unprecedented levels. Um, do we know the cause of this price inflation? Yeah, I mean, 2018 seems like a lifetime ago. In yeah. fact, it probably seems like many lifetimes ago. There, there are a lot of reasons for the price inflation. Um, most importantly, and I think that the biggest change that we saw was when COVID hit and supply chains shut down. In the US today, across commercial construction materials, we import about 30% of construction materials from China, and we import another 20% or so from Canada and Mexico. And then on top of that, right, there's a long tail of countries that we right now are importing all of the construction materials um, that you mentioned, and a lot more than that <laughs> from. And when COVID hit, especially starting with China and borders shut down, it was extremely difficult for the US supply chain to handle that. 
And so suddenly we started seeing that not only were materials becoming a lot more expensive because, you know, we were able to import less, but also it became very difficult to predict when materials would become available. And so what happened in the aftermath of that is that you now had a very, very rapidly increasing um, materials shortage that was spreading across job sites all over the country. And then in addition to that, you also had inflation on a macro level, right, where everything from fuel to the input costs and to making a lot of these materials were getting more expensive. So even the materials that were being manufactured in the U.S. were now becoming more expensive because the inputs to them <laughs> were, you know, <laughs> harder to transport, were less available, and uh, actually, you know, we're just seeing prices rise. And so this little vicious cycle began where not only were we as a country, less resilient than we should have been um, in actually having domestic production, but also the rampant inflation that we've been seeing has really affected the cost of manufacturing um, that we all face. And so as a result of that, we started seeing that, you know, we had customers who literally couldn't get the materials that they needed, even if they were willing to pay these exorbitant prices, it was just difficult to actually find the inventory. And so not only was price an issue, but inventory became an issue too. So it's kind of like a two-headed coin where you started this company that was dealing with the supply chain and making construction quicker and more efficient. But then suddenly the world went, oh, we're going to make this more difficult on you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, one other thing that we need to talk about is also the labor shortage, because the labor yeah. shortage has played a huge role in all of this, in that not only was it more difficult to find the materials you needed, and those materials were very often a lot more expensive than they were back when we started in 2018, but also as a result of COVID, there were huge restrictions on how many people could be at a job site at any given time, restrictions on how many people could come into the office. A lot of people left the labor force. And you ended up in a situation where now the Associated Builders and Contractors estimate is we need about 650,000 more construction workers to deal with all of the supply, you know, with all of the supply that we need to, to get built. So I think that further you know, aggravated the situation in that in manufacturing plants, there were supply shortages of labor and it was difficult to, to hire fast enough to get everything that we needed back on track. And on job sites, same thing, right? A lot of people left the labor force and not as many people were coming into the labor force, especially, you know, with, with the borders shut down. Um, so that again meant that everything in the ecosystem got a lot more expensive. Sure. Do we have any evidence that contractors can point to whether or not the price and supply chain is getting better or worse? <laughs> well, COVID, we're, you know, we're, we're about two and a half years into that. Yeah. Um, and there are... Uh, no, it's, it's honestly, it's tough to tell. This is something, you know, we're constantly talking to distributors, we're talking to manufacturers, we're talking to contractors, really trying to stay ahead of the curve and understanding what are the trends that the people are seeing on the ground. And it's really difficult to tell because the supply, the supply chain shortages that we've been seeing in the last two and a half years, they're very much still there. 
it's still very unpredictable to know who has the materials that you need if you're a contractor. And so, you know, whilst in 2018, it was easy for you in lots of cases to single source and to just rely on one distributor to get you all the materials you needed. In 2022, that's a very risky strategy. If you're not getting quotes from at least multiple distributors, making sure that you understand who has what and what is in back orders, um, it's very it's a very precarious situation that you're getting into because it could turn out right that actually that distributor doesn't have what you need and then you have your team out there in the field and they're not able to actually do the work that they were meant to do um and then at the same time you know we're still seeing huge inflation and inflation is something that pr pretty much every month you know everyone is waiting with bated breath to see but that also means that the input costs on you know everything from um, you know, the labor costs through to fuel costs are still really rapidly rising. So I wish that there was evidence that I could point to to say, yes, the supply chain crisis is over. We fixed it. But really, I think we're still in a place where we need to wait and see um, because we, we're definitely not out of the woods yet. And I think that even structurally, um, there's going to be a lot of change that we're going to need to to undertake as, as an industry um, in order to make sure that we never end up in the situation that we were in in the last two and a half years again. You mentioned that you're talking to manufacturers and distributors. Could you mention any and uh, tell me about what they're telling you specifically? I mean, we talk to literally thousands, right? We right now work with contractors across electrical, mechanical, drywall, uh, general contractors. We work with site preparation contractors. We work with you know, everyone from glass and glazing to flooring and tiling and roofing contractors. So we work with a huge amount of manufacturers and distributors. Um, and what they're constantly telling us is, is exactly what I just shared. It's that for distributors, it's still very difficult to know that they are going to reliably have the materials that contractors need coming in from the manufacturing side. And manufacturers, they're facing huge amounts of inflation in terms of input costs. And I think for the entire industry, there is an increasing desire to, to use data, right? And for example, for the distributors to be able to better forecast what orders are likely to come in such that they can make sure that they're better stocked and to track what are people buying and what are the trends that they're seeing so again they can make sure that they're prioritizing getting the inventory that they know is going to clear and getting the inventory that they know people need as opposed to you know what would have happened let's say 10 years ago or, or even you know as, as recently in some cases as last week is that without data it's difficult for distributors to know that they're actually prioritizing the right inventory. And so quite often, you know, they will have warehouses full of things that aren't actually making their way out. And at that point, they're taking up really valuable space um, and also taking up, you know, again, um, just valuable resources in terms of the time that it takes to manage them and manage all those orders. And so I think generally what we're hearing from people is that the more information that they can have at their fingertips and the better understanding of what are the demand patterns? What are people buying? <laughs> what are people prioritizing? Um, and also, 
a greater lead time of knowing what will people need because for distributors, if they know in advance what your bill of materials looks like, they can be much better prepared than if you as a contractor come to them and say, I need this last minute. They might say, well, I just don't have that. But if you had given me more time, I would have been able to make sure that I did. So I think for them, having more information and more data at their fingertips is something that's incredibly important and increasingly so. Sure. Were, did they ever share with you like the longest wait times of any of their equipment? Oh, they've they've been crazy. I mean, we have some distributors that are getting things from overseas and, you know, they've had wait times of more than six months in some cases. I mean, it's it's really been crazy. <laughs> um, and, you know, they're sitting there and they're saying, well, we can't get the things that we need. So we're also in a difficult position. Yeah, it's it's, it's been really, really nuts over the last couple of years. Yeah. I also heard that contractors have started doing this mass ordering. Uh, you didn't see my my quotes in the air, but uh, they've been doing this mass ordering to, in order to risk, you know, avoid running low of materials on the job site. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that just a little bit ago, uh, but unless you're super organized, this sounds like a challenging habit. Um, in order to be able to manage everything that's got, you know, at being asked for and then managing what's in your inventory and your warehouse, if you will, um, and then comparing what you're ordered and what's being delivered, if only you're just getting that little sliver of what you actually need in the end result. What stories have you heard from contractors in dealing with this issue? Yeah, it's it's definitely a challenge, right? Especially for folks that have, in some cases, built businesses over the last 30, 40 years, right? Never having to do this, all of a sudden being in a reality where if they're not ordering things in advance, they're missing out on opportunities to lock in prices. They're missing out on opportunities to make sure that they alert their distributors as to what they need in advance and you know don't end up in a situation where the distributor says, well, I actually can't get that to you. So you know, that's from what we've seen really where technology can make a huge difference. Because if you're doing that process manually, you're exactly right. It's incredibly time consuming, right? You, you need to create a giant spreadsheet from your estimate of all of the things that you need. Then you need to go and turn that into multiple POs and send them to different vendors or really in, in, in you know into multiple RFQs that you send to different vendors. You need to wait for those vendors to reply to you. The vendors will all reply in a different format. You know, they'll usually reply with PDFs that don't have apples to apples comparison. So then your purchasing team will have to go and sift through those PDFs and actually figure out, okay, what are the comparable items? Sometimes they'll need to come back to you and say, well, our substitute's okay. You'll need to go and call the field to clarify whether they are, right? And so you're going to be playing phone tag between the field, the office, and the distributor, all of which takes a lot of time because, you know, for all of our contractors, time is money and they don't want their field teams on the phone all day clarifying exactly what the materials they yeah. need are. And then that process, in addition, right, if you want someone to, let's say, approve the purchases because they're above a certain dollar amount, or if you want to be able to track down the draws from those purchases over time, that all then needs to happen manually. And the field office and vendors won't be on the same page. So even if your office is very diligently updating things, your field won't know. 
And so they won't know, you know, how much of that buyout is still available or, or what of that buyout was actually on back order. They won't have any of that availability um, of information if they are not using a system that gives that to them. And so you know, the way that we have built Kojo is to be able to come in and make that entire process that I just described seamless, right? Completely pain-free <laughs> to make it incredibly easy to get multiple quotes with just a click of a few buttons, have those quotes come in in a dashboard where you can easily compare <laughs> apples to apples. You can see which vendor has what, at what price. You can use automation to help you make selections around, right? Allocating everything available, allocating based on price, um, or, or really just creating a really seamless way for you to not only then issue multiple POs directly off of that RFQ, but also to track them over time, right? To see how are you doing compared to your estimate? You know, are you, especially in, in times like now where your margins are threatened, right? There's, there's margin compression all over the place and contractors need to really, really look after the bottom line. That's where you need to be tracking how many, like, how are you doing on quantities? How are you doing on price compared to how you thought you would be doing? How much do you still have um, in your buyouts? And so those are all things that we've seen, you know, our customers find 10, if not 100 times easier using Kojo software versus, you know, the, the, the older way, which I, I described previously. Yeah, there's some figures that I want to rattle off for the listeners here, um, as well as you, because I want you to explain it a little bit for myself. Kojo reports that it can decrease the time supervisors spend managing materials by 38% for an average of $175,000 in productivity gains per year. And then there is a shortening purchase order processing by up to 75% or up to $124,000 in savings per year. Where is this efficiency coming from? Yeah, that's a great question. On the field side, that efficiency comes from all of those things that we just talked about, right? One, it comes from making it really, really quick for your foreman to create their requisitions. Right. It's taking away them having to type out long strings of text that they put in a text message or into an email and they send over to the purchasing agent. Or in some cases, right, walking around with a clipboard and a pen and having to scribble out exactly what they need. So with Kojo, every foreman has an app with the a catalog that is very easily merchandised, that has you know incredibly easy search functionality where they can quickly find what they need in the same way that they would on something like Amazon, be able to click into it and really quickly build up their requisition that they then digitally submit into the purchasing agent. On the field side, not only do we save a lot of time in just the creation of requisitions, but we also save a lot of that really frustrating back and forth that I spoke about. Right. With the Kojo app, you have a status screen that you can tap on. And in that status screen, you can see the status of all of your orders. You can see which requisitions have been processed. You can see when things are meant to be arriving. You have all of the information that <laughs> means that you don't need to call up your purchasing agent and clarify, has this actually been ordered? When is it meant to come in? You also have delivery capability. So that means that now when deliveries come in, you can go and check things off line by line item 
And then the app will prompt you to upload a picture of your packing slip, which means that you're never going to waste time with the accounting department chasing down your packing slips because they need to do their reconciliation process and make sure that, you know, the invoice actually matches the PO, which actually matches what got delivered. So for the field, not only are you saving, right, a lot of time on just those, like, really the, those bureaucratic tasks, but... <laughs> Also, you're saving a lot of time <laughs> in getting stuff wrong, right? Sometimes if the field is moving quickly, right, they're not maybe sometimes specifying the exact material that they need, but they're giving you a more general description. If that then arrives wrong, then they again, you know, they, they end up wasting huge amounts of time where they have to call you as the purchasing agent and clarify exactly what they needed. And then they need to wait for that shipment to come back. You know, very often we hear about foremen spending, you know, up to a third of their day just searching for the materials they need, trying to verify if the thing they asked for actually got actually got delivered, trying to figure out whether things that haven't yet been delivered when they will be arriving, right? That all takes up a huge amount of time. And so with Kojo, we save 38% of all of that time because now everything is standardized. It's in your app. You have the same visibility as everyone that's working on that job, both from the field and the office side, you can see what's available in your warehouse, you can see what's available in the in your buyouts. And so you now as the foreman are armed with all of the information that you need, and you're seeing way fewer mistakes, you're seeing way fewer pieces of paper lost or you know email threads I've replied to. And that means that not only is, is stuff more standardized, but it's also a lot more scalable. And then on the office side, similarly, we automate a huge amount of manual data entry. You know, today contractors and especially teams in the office, they have to do huge amounts of manual data entry still. You know, accounting systems don't talk to <laughs> other systems. So they're often receiving phone calls, translating them into PDFs and into Excel, then having to re-enter all of that information again into their accounting system. And so we save you all of that because we have direct integrations with all of the major accounting systems. So that means that you only have to enter information in once and then it'll get ported automatically into your accounting system. Also for everything from your RFQs to managing your hold for releases, right? we've built automation around that. So again, we already have all the information about the job with you know, delivery and con delivery details and contact details, but also we can, because we have your distributor's contact details already in the system, we make it instantaneous for you to be able to send out multiple quotes, to be able to browse the catalog, to be able to compare to your bill of materials, right? To, to be able to do all of the things that today take a lot of manual and repetitive work and do them in a way that feels lightning fast. And so that's how we save a lot of time for field teams, because again, they now are getting clean data from the field so they don't have to spend you know as many hours um clarifying what it is that they need to order they can already know through that requisition that the field foreman submitted whether substitutes are okay or not you know and exactly when it is that the foreman or the the field teams need their materials and so that also means that they end up with much more accurate data way fewer errors and way less work that needs to be redone building smarter 
Absolutely. Well, you know, again, for, for, for us, we're really here to just to empower contractors because they do such incredible work right now in really, really difficult conditions. And so anything that we can make, we can do to make it easier for them to do their work, um, you know, that that's why we exist as a company. Yeah, I understand there is um, an aspect of this where you can help minimize uh, construction waste as well. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that, too? Yeah, you know, my, my favorite story here is we have one contractor who mentioned last year they did 30 jobs. On average per job, they had $10,000 of wasted materials. That means that just waste last year cost them $300,000. When you say waste, does that mean just like they bought too much material or is this yeah. like, dis, you know, destruction waste? It's honestly, it's all of the above, but the biggest factors are number one, inaccurate ordering, right? Mm -hmm. So again, because field time is so precious, it's extremely expensive. It, we are truly in a labor shortage, <laughs> like, you know, as, as we discussed a, a couple of minutes ago. And so what we see for a lot of contractors is it's actually almost incentivized for them to overorder materials to avoid a situation where the field don't have the materials that they need. And again, because there's fewer controls, it's harder to standardize ordering across an entire job if you have multiple foremen working on it. Um, there tends to be a lot of overordering, right? It's, again, unless you have tech to help you manage this, it's very difficult to make sure that you're tracking quantities exactly correctly and then being able to map them back to, to your original bill of materials. Yeah. So for that customer that I spoke about, you know, they said that through using Kojo, they went from having $10,000 of waste at the end of a job to $1,000, right? So that's a $9,000 reduction on every single job that they did, which for them last year was $270,000, right? So we ended up saving this customer $270,000 just by making it easier for them to do their ordering more accurately, Right. To then also a huge part of waste is being able to reuse materials, right? If you have extra materials left over at the end of a job, a lot of contractors will put those in the warehouse and sometimes they just sit there. You know, in some cases I've seen materials sitting there, you know, for 10 plus years in some cases, right? Because if they are just sitting in the warehouse and there's no link where your foreman or your team in the field can see, oh, this is actually available in the warehouse. I'm going to draw it from the warehouse instead of ordering it fresh from the distributor, then that material is just going to end up wasted there. And so that's where people use a warehouse platform to be able to make sure that the materials in the warehouse actually get used, right? And sure. that if you end up with extra material at the end of the job, that material is logged into the system and can get used on your next job. So that is another huge factor, right, to just minimizing overall waste, because if you're able to reuse materials more effectively, that is going to have a huge impact on your bottom line as a contractor. We have this uh, great technology tool here that will help us be able to stay organized, keep things in on track, um, give, give us some actually actionable data to actually be from the job site and in the office almost the exact same time. But that's not going to quicken our supply chain issue. That's not going to shorten the six months uh, delay in getting our, you know, steel reinforcement. What do you think will it take 
for the supply chain issues and the labor shortage to finally be resolved? What's that going to look like? A lot. It's going to keep <laughs> all working together. Honestly, it's, it, it really is. This is something that in order to get solved is going to take everyone walking together and marching in the same direction. And what I mean by that is one, we need to get a lot more people into the trades, right? We need to be able to recruit really talented people that can come into the trades and see the trades as a really exciting area to build their careers, right? To do extremely important work, to build things that their communities need and rely on. And that is crucial to all of this because if we continue persisting in a labor shortage, right, it's very, very difficult to make sure that we actually get all of the work that we need to done. Especially now with, you know, a lot of the public works projects that are being undertaken, you know, everything from fixing our bridges to fixing our roads, we need people working on that. And we need to make sure that we're doing a really good job in attracting um, the best and the brightest into the construction industry. Yeah. And honestly, I think from my point of view, I think it's actually happening. It's slow, but with the more technologies that we have making the job a little bit smarter, that's just going to make it a little bit more attractive for a new generation of laborers to come in. They're not coming into an industry that's designed to break your back. It's designed to allow you to work. And that's what we need is we need work. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. You know, and we hear that a lot, especially with younger folks, right, who grew yeah. up with computers in their pockets and are used to, you know, ordering things from Amazon. For them, they don't want to go to a company where they feel like they're actually getting held back, right? Or they don't have the tools that can allow them to be as efficient and as productive as possible. And so being the kind of company that tells people, not only are we going to give you the smartest tools to do your best work, but also we're actually going to help train you, right? We're going to give you the tools of the future. We're going to give you new skills. We're going to provide you with the tech that is going to allow you to continue growing and developing as a professional. Um, that's huge when it comes to recruiting talent. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and that is something that we're already seeing people really leaning into, right? It's it's a big sales pitch to, to be able to say <laughs> to people that, you know, yeah, this job is this job is designed to be the kind of workplace that you're gonna find really fulfilling and that you're um gonna see a lot of growth opportunity in. Sure, sure. I and, wanna switch um gears just a little bit and I wanna ask you a little bit more uh, question about the actual Kojo name because it's one of my favorite parts of learning about new companies and solutions is discovering their backstory to their names. Mm -hmm. And from what I understand of the term Kojo, that's K-O-J-O, it's derived from lean manufacturing. It's about maximizing productivity and minimizing waste, which, you know, it makes sense now that we've talked about it a little bit, but can you expand on the rebranding story going from Agora to Kojo? Yeah, we we loved Kojo because it came from lean manufacturing, right? When when we started out, we, we, you know, we chose the name Agora and quickly afterwards we realized that Agora meant now in Portuguese and <laughs> it was very difficult to find on Google. There are a lot of things called Agora. All right. 
And so very soon afterwards, we said to ourselves, we want to rebrand and we want to find a name that really speaks to what we're about and what our customers are looking for. Right. And that's where we got really, really into lean manufacturing. And, you know, we've seen a, a lot of our customers have, you know, both a huge amount of respect for the lean manufacturing methods. And some of them have actually adopted a lot of um, lean manufacturing principles into how they run. Um, but we were really, really inspired, right, by just the concept of maximizing productivity and minimizing waste um, and all of the various management techniques that had come out of the lean manufacturing method, right, to, to actually make that really actionable. Um, and so when we saw the Tom Kojo, not, you know, one is we thought it was catchy. We thought it was snappy. You know, we we didn't want to call ourselves two words conjoined um, that sort of sounded a bit, you know, more, uh, you know, dare I say it, more bland. We, we wanted a name that just stood out a little bit more. Um, but also, you know, Kojo quite literally means improvement. And so we really loved that in terms of, you know, thinking about even ourselves as a company and how we operate, right? We're continually, continuously seeking to improve. We're constantly thinking about how can we make things easier for our customers? How can we make things more intuitive, right? How can we make the app even easier to use? How can we build functionality that helps reduce more waste? How can we build functionality that gives you more control? Um, and so for us, we really loved that as, you know, something to, to, for us to stand for, which is just continuous improvement. Is it a, like a Japanese word? It originally comes from, yeah, from Japanese. Okay. All right. And how can listeners find more information on Kojo? So the best source is going on our website, which is www.usekojo.com. And for any listeners who would like to learn more about the platform, we'd be very happy to set up a demo, which there's, there's a set up demo button on the website um, to just really learn more about how it is that they're doing work now and how it is that we could potentially help. Um, but also on the website, there's tons of resources, right, from case studies to videos, um, examples of how other companies uh, have used Kojo. So, yeah, I'd really encourage folks to, to go check that out and then reach out to us and, uh, yeah, see if we could help. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Really thank appreciate you. it. This was fun. All right, that about does it for this episode. I'd like to thank Maria Uriuman of Kojo once again for taking the time to talk with us. And thank you for taking the time to listen. Tune in soon for another episode of the Digging Deeper podcast by ForConstructionPros.com. Is, is tune the right word here? Am I showing my age? Anyway, please subscribe so you don't miss a new episode. Until next time. Stay safe out there.